Hi, this is Ross Payne here with Roleplaying Public Radio, and this is RPPR, Roleplaying Public Radio, episode 34, Break It Up, PvP Refereeing, another dealing with conflict resolution between players, both as a game master and as a player. Hi, I'm Ross Payton. Uh-huh. Yeah, I gotta tell you, Ross, uh, I was just, I could have jumped in there, but I was just watching the, the contortions your face was making as those voices spilled forth from your mouth. Yes! All right. It was it was like anatomy in motion. It was really inspiring. Okay, I don't know what it would inspire you to, but uh, you'll find out. Okay, I'm I'm glad I, I helped you, Tom. So uh, thank you, Ross. We've been uh, quite busy here at uh, RPPR doing all kinds of stuff, so that's why the episode's a little late. But uh, by now, you've had your first chance to hear Tom in action, uh, running his first ever game of Call of Cthulhu. I hope you yeah, that first one ever. Yes, poor Tom. I know, poor me. But, uh, I didn't do that well at all, I guess. Some people like that, but uh, we got a big episode for you today. We uh, have uh, we're going to be talking a lot about uh, dealing with conflicts between players, uh, how to manage them, and how to uh, resolve them. And uh, we've had a little experience in the massively neurotic groups we often throw together. Yeah, something like that. So uh, anyway, uh, we uh, also have a couple of things I'd like to talk about first. Uh, uh, first and foremost, I'd like to mention that uh, we will have a new Ransom project out by the time you listen to this, and this is, of course, another New World uh, uh, project. This is the Goblin Hulk, a multi-purpose dungeon module. So. It's like the Titanic with goblins. Yes, and they're evil, scheming little bastards. And, and it's uh, not a ship of dreams, it's a ramshackle metal hulk of nightmares. Yes. Um, what The idea behind it is uh, to serve three purposes. One is a alternate starting town for level one characters. If you're evil or selfish, you can hang out in the barter town on the top deck of the ship. Because uh, you'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, second part is a level six adventure to escape the... or rescue someone out of the Hulk. Uh, that's more of a stealth-based mission uh, where you have to break in or escape and uh, Ross, get out. what, stealth? Not fight everyone there? That's well, there will be fights, but they're, they're, it's geared for level 6 characters. And finally, uh, for level 12 characters, there's the badass Destroy the Hulk. So it's a little... Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have new monsters, new monster templates, uh, maps, all kinds of great stuff. So You uh, love maps. And uh, for those of you who contribute, uh, there will be a couple of new options for you. One, you can name an NPC, uh, a subject to veto, uh, uh, by me, of course, something appropriate for fantasy games. So if you have a villain or uh, NPC you'd like, uh, or a PC that you'd and, like to be memorialized. Uh, and please, Scrotum Sniffer, we just, we don't need that. Yeah. Please. If you give me the Goblin equivalent of Scrotum Sniffer, maybe I can fit that in there. Or the Klingon equivalent there. <laughs> uh, okay. But uh, uh, another thing is I'm going to set up a password-protected directory and throw up a couple extra new actual, well, new-to-you actual plays. They're recorded months ago. Yeah, recorded months ago. But uh, the, these all actual plays will be re- re- uh, released for free eventually, but these will be released early to those who pay into the ransoms. You so. will be among the privileged few. Yes. So uh, a couple incentives there. And then, of course, you can uh, be memorialized in the Goblin Hulk project. We'll have some previews and all kinds of stuff, so uh, keep checking that out. And uh, because we're, we're going to Gen Con, we're going to be having some expenses Tearing there. that shit up. Yes. I'll actually uh, be staying in the most expensive hotel in the city. Yes. And, and uh, not by uh, choice, actually. I didn't realize that that was what I was choosing. Uh, 
Well, it's an awesome hotel, Tom. Yeah, so I'll be living large while I'm there. There you go. Uh, you'll have your big pimp cane out and big, like, 10-pound gold uh, medallion around Ross, you. I'm, Ross, I'm an, Fur o- coat, I'm an, over- big- I'm an overweight white guy. That's just not going to happen. Tom, it's all about how you carry yourself. I'm telling you. I don't carry myself in the pimp way very much. I know. That's you got to change. And the outfit will help, Tom. If there's one thing I've learned from playing Saints Row 2, it's that it's all oh, about how you carry. Right. Well, that how can I argue with that? Exactly. Logic? So, uh, of course, many of my games have sold out, including Delta Green Night Shift uh, and some of the Monsters and Other Childish Thing games. They're they're now they've uh, stopped pre-registration, but if you show up there to any of the games that are not to- sold out, or if somebody who did buy the ticket there does not show up if you have generic tickets it's four dollars i think that's two generic mm-hmm. tickets i think that i think that's how that works out uh you can play i'm not going to turn people away uh i'll accept up to five or six players per game um i haven't really figured that out yet probably six i guess well no five i'm i, I don't know i'm confused yeah obviously you are i'll be a great game master for gen con yeah if you if you realize where you are, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, I, I hopefully because I can. let's be. I think I think the first day you'll be all right. Get around Saturday, you're going to be confused as to who you are and what yeah, you're doing. Exactly. You yeah. know, we might even have some prizes for people who uh, are the best role players for these uh, Gen oh. Con scenarios. If so. you remember, once again. If you, I remember, yeah. Once again, you're gonna you're you have to take some time out for sleep eventually. Oh man, that's yeah. that's a bummer. It is. Um. What else? Uh, so, oh yeah, the Indie nomination is coming out on July 16th. Uh, so hopefully, cross your fingers, hopefully RPPR gets to be in the final five or six or however many. It's it an is. honor to just be nominated. Exactly, because those are the judges and those are the highfalutin, awesome guys, I guess. So, Which we respect deeply. If they if they pick us. Otherwise, they're crooked. And they're otherwise, other, yeah, otherwise, they're just horrible. <laughs> exactly. So uh, Then they're dead to us. They are. They will be. But we, if we're nominated, they're the best. We will swear revenge and destroy them with the fiery vengeance of rain. Of vengeance. Or if they nominate us, hey, we're yeah, best friends. Exactly. So um, that's that's. Uh, I think that kind of takes care of the news bit, except for one our newest uh, reoccurring segment, which I'd like to talk about right now. You're doing it now. Well, do you? Did, when did we do the last episode? We did it. We did it later in the episode. Okay. Well, well, I'm just. You're wa- about to break the flow here, man. I know. Well, I just want to hint to tantalize you that uh, uh, I made another world of Cinnabar character. His name is Tetsuo, and he's a ninja. A Tetsuo. We- exactly, and he's a Wearman ninja. Whatever the fuck that means. I don't know what a Wearman is. Actually, I I picked it because it sounded cool. So uh, hopefully, I can read this in the meantime and find out what the hell it is. So. But yeah, uh, we'll, sure. we'll 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 deal with that later. That's true. So uh, I guess we'll we'll get on to the main meat of the episode. And you, you like meat? I well, no, some of them may be. Vegan. As we're sitting in a room with a snake digesting a mouse right now. Yes, yes, my brother's pet uh, king snake. He has a king snake that he left behind. Yeah. So yes, player versus player conflict. Um, now we don't mean like uh, paranoia. You know, my PC kills your PC. Although that that can be a problem. I think. The biggest issue here in game is obviously meta uh, conflict, which is to say the player having a problem with, with another, another player. player. Yes. So uh, and yeah, often that does come out in game too. Yeah, no, it does, and uh, there, there, there's a lot of ways uh, that this happens, and a lot of ways it can go down and be resolved. But I think um, in general, I mean, there are uh, obviously exceptions. I think in general, uh, the key that we're going to be repeating here, our mantra is to be. Impartial, polite, and firm. 
So impartial because you, favoritism doesn't solve anything. Polite because you don't want to sink to their level. And firm because, you know, you don't want to be a little pushover. And uh, We've known people of all three. Yeah, it's kind of like it's like being a bouncer. If mm-hmm. anything, uh, uh, Patrick Swayze's it's told... Like, it's like, be nice. Be nice. If he insults your mother, be, be nice. nice. And uh, there, then there will become a time when he... Not to be nice. And like, I will let you know. Because uh, I'm the cooler. And pain don't hurt. <laughs> so, uh, yes. Um, but we, we sort of talked about it, and we, we're going to just break down these metagaming conflicts into three categories. Minor, moderate, major. And we're, we're separating them by how much they affect the game. So not, not you can't really judge how people feel about these things, but um, well, let, let's just go one by one. So right. minor minor conflicts are ones that don't really interrupt the game, don't stop best it, thing don't to slow do down. Is, Best thing to do is just go right on. Yeah, basically, examples like this are off-color jokes, weird comments, uh, minor little dickery, things that, and, yeah. If this were true in our games, for anyone who's a listener know, then these would pop up basically every 20 seconds. <laughs> oh, well, not that often, but yeah. Um, but this is the stuff that, this is also just hanging out as a group, too. Yeah. I this think, kind of stuff. Yeah. For example, you, you were mentioning, like, Daniel's stuff in your games mm-hmm. as uh, resting control. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that, Tom? Well, in the, well, his case, he he liked to be in control, and he liked, but he had and he had favorite players too. Mm-hmm. So he liked to dictate how. If you have an idea, he likes to dictate how it actually would work. Okay. Now, if you're one of his favorites, he's like he'll just say, "That's awesome, great, yeah, we'll do that." If you're not, if you have that bad misfortune, then he's he's going to say, "Okay, well, here's how it works," mm-hmm. and. And also, and most of his non his non favorite players were also pushovers, mm-hmm. so they just went uh, quietly went along with it. I see. That's why I consider it minor because nothing really stopped. If these had been players that had been a little more assertive, it would have gone up to a moderate, I think. Right, right. But yeah, it's yeah, but, you know. It, also, if it's a player just taking it, yeah, then it stays minor because the player, you know, that player has to say something that says it, this is no, that doesn't happen. Excuse me. Right. But in that case, since almost no one ever spoke up, that they just remained minor. Okay. So yeah, in general, if it, if it, if you think you can you can ignore it, try to ignore it because yeah. again, the idea the more energy you spend to resolve these player conflicts, the less time, the less energy you have for the game, right. and uh, the less and, and you know people will only buy into the game for so much BS and uh, uh, so basically it's kind of like Sarah yeah. Palin. Yeah. The more that she, the more you bitch about something. The you know, and trying to say that it's not fair, the more it's going to bury you. Yeah. So, uh, so for mine, if if you think you can ignore it and you think it's a minor thing, and like only one player has a problem with it, or is one player being into everyone else is cool with it or can ignore it, uh, then just go on. Don't don't yeah. make a scene. So uh, those are the the minor issues are the easiest to deal with, obviously. And also, even the minor issues can often make the game more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, a, a minor com- you know conflict between two players. That they don't make disrupt the game, but their role playing kind of shows it. That can be interesting. Yeah. Now uh, the next category, moderate, we we deal with things that you actually have to deal with. You have to you actually talk about or uh, bring attention to the game, but that they aren't game breaking. And yeah. I think uh, in some of the later New World episodes, uh, you will start to hear this between uh, two of our players, Mike and Bill. And Mike is kind of a laid back kind of a. Uh, Take it as you go, hack and not uh, hack and slash. He's a hack and slasher. Yeah. He is. And then uh, then there's Bill, who's a little more um, 
knowledgeable of the rules a little more. A little more really doesn't say it, but we'll go with that. Yeah. Um, well, more knowledgeable of the rules and a little more and takes it a little more seriously and very. And so they're, they're, they're sort of opposite ends of the game style. And mm. um, the the. The thing is, but both uh, quite assertive. Yeah, they're both quite assertive. Both of them are uh, trying several times in the game have tried to become alpha dogs, basically for the game. And the way I've dealt with it is one: try and briefly just like, all right, let's just move past this. Uh, Fortunately, Bill has been very good about like just kind of he'll he'll he won't blow up, but he'll he'll take issue for a while, but he'll let it go. Yeah, like a day or two later, he's fine. Yeah, well, I mean, even in the game, yeah, yeah, like uh, there's a session where the players are dealing with vampires or something like that, and uh, Bill Mike wants to make a deal with them, and Bill doesn't, and Mike or. um, no, it was a combat. Like a combat, Mike was next to the MacGuffin and could have done an action to end in the combat. He kept it attacking, and Bill got kind of irritated because he he was pro. He just wanted to keep fighting. He didn't, you know, wanted to end the combat right away. And it wasn't and it wasn't going particularly well for us. It was it was a pretty tough fight. I, I yeah. have to say. So it was the toughest up to that point. Really? I, th- I think it might have been the toughest up to that point. Huh. Okay. Huh, then again, then again, we've had this is we had a lot of sessions of that, so yeah. I could be mistaken, but from what I remember, yeah. So Bill, I, I tried to smooth things over. I was polite. Um, I was impartial. I mean, I, I I I tried to advise Mike, kind of like you know, you can just end this fight. I was like, yeah, well, Jason's trying it, but Jason couldn't roll for crap that night. Yeah, I, I, weird. He was he's the third strongest character in the group. Yeah, and he and just could, he couldn't he couldn't he can do it and. But my bill. Uh, one lesson that you should always do is never take anything said at the table too seriously, or never or take personally. a person or a yeah. person. Never, never. So like my bill said, he he was kind of you know wanted to blow off some steam, and at first he was like wanting to take a break from the game, but he you know basically cooled down and he was fine with it. And I knew that that would happen because yeah. I I I don't know. I mean I'm, I haven't known Bill too terribly long, but I I, I know he he's a you know the professional kind of player who who, mm-hmm. who can rise above it. So um, you kind of have to... Uh, uh, so basically with these moderate things, try and basically resolve it. Try and get both players to f- compromise and like not be such douches or whatever. Uh, Douche is the wrong word to say, I think. Uh, but try to reasonable. Yeah, make it more reasonable and then just uh, move past it. Again, just... Get ignore it, sweep it on, do the the middle, you know, white with, a, with as little energy spent as Think possible. Think of what you know, wasp, you know, wasp, white Anglo Saxon Protestants. You know what they do when they have a big family crisis? Hmm. They sweep it under the carpet. You know, oh, the the oh, your aunt has a drinking problem. Uh, no one knows. No exactly. No one. Yeah. Oh, your teenage daughter got pregnant. Oh, she just went away to summer camp. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. So just do what that's the, the ticket. Do what the American family does and just sweep it all under the table. Sweep it all under the carpet because. Uh, the more energy you spend on it, the more it's going to keep popping up. Exactly. You don't want to be a Jerry Springer type of gaming. If, no. yeah, is this is that working? Is that comparison working? Well, yeah, but you know, right. do you really? If you really want to compare yourselves to Jerry Springer, that's just sad. Gaming, your group is like a family, and you and you want to, and like good families, you should have many secrets and lie and deny things and pretend things don't exist. Don't keep don't, things as keep things as upbeat and rosy as possible. Exactly. Don't be honest. Don't resolve issues. You know. Keep things nice. 
Uh, this is horrible. God, we are bastards. I know. Um, but the final category of... Uh, major. Yeah, major, major, major issues. And these are the ones that break a game. And they're basically, no one has control of them. It's just something to set or something that's on at the table that, that you know, like, someone leaves the table and can't deal with it anymore. And or everyone, or more I than one. I experienced a few of these. Like, the one, the one that stands up was a, stands out was, a, was an Auschwitz joke at a game. Ouch. Yeah. And, uh... Was this the game I was at, or uh, which game was this? Uh, no, this no, this was uh, this was years ago, back when I was gaming with Sean. Okay, I forget who it was. We were, I think we only game with him for one one time, but someone made I, I believe you know, the gist of it was you know hey what do you call like what do you call like six million Jew, dead Jews and it's a good start. Wow, yeah, it, that is that was one of those and though they were some pretty jaded players there, but that just it just it was like a flat line of the game. Yeah. And there was it was like dead silence for about a minute. Yeah. Except for the guy that told it, who didn't just didn't understand what the big deal was. Uh, because I mean, because we well we were making a bu- yeah, we were making a bunch of you know sex jokes and shit, but that's par for the course for twenty year olds. Right. But that one just there's a difference between an off color joke and a really tasteless tackless you know. Yeah, that was joke. like that was that was a that was a gigantic titanium wrench right in the works. Yeah. Right. And uh, that that game ended th- right then and there. We realized there was no coming back to that. Yeah, that's and that that's honestly that as, as sad as it may seem, the best resolution for these kind of situations is to uh, end the game. Take a, at least take a break. Like yeah. if something happens that everyone like, it, it, or if you, like if 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 everyone suddenly is uncomfortable, or if you think a major game issue is about to break out, like if it goes from moderate, if about to go to major, like really just like all right, hey everybody, let's take a break. Uh, let's have let's a smoke go get break. some Krispy Kremes and or smoke break or whatever. Whatever, depending. yeah, uh, depending on your players' makeup, uh, or your group's makeup. So. Yeah, basically take a break, do something else, try and get everybody's mind off it. Again, denial, denial, denial. Yes. Sweep it under the carpet, be nice. It never be happened. Be, it never happened. Um, now, there is another thing, aspect to it. You know, this is all at the table. The strategies to deal with the table. Be polite, be firm, you know, be uh, impartial, and try and sweep it under the carpet as quickly as possible. But in between games, try to... Uh, talk to the players uh, between time and um, make sure things don't don't reach a consensus of yeah. what happens. Yeah, where everyone stands. Yeah, and let them you know let them cool down. You'll be amazed at how much people, how more reasonable people will be once they've slept on it. Yeah, I'm actually eight to nine nine out of ten times. Yeah, you can it'll be resolved by the next session. Yeah, I mean they'll 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 get over it or. You can calm them down, or they'll be they'll be friends again. I mean, it's just a social thing. Is people uh, people fight? Yeah. Let's just face it. Like people, I don't care how close they are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we have we have the bonus that we we disrespect each other all the time. So yeah, exactly. So yeah. We're See, flipping each other off right now. Yeah. That that this is the sound of me flipping Tom off. Yeah, and you. this is me returning the favor. Yeah. And see, it works. Exactly. Just fine. Oh, here. <laughs> Oh, that's very nice, Ross. <laughs> I'm making a jerk off motion right okay. now. See, um, that's how that's how we roll. Exactly. So, what we're gonna, uh, um, but on the other hand, you know, basically, if you keep having these issues, obviously, you need to change your group's makeup. Yeah. Um, and I honestly, you know, Bill and Mike, they're opposite ends of the personality spectrum or gaming spectrum. But they're not they're not irreconcilable. Yeah, I think I think we have a large group. If it was just them, yeah. If it was a smaller group, yeah. But we have Cody and which Jason is, that's and problematic. Dan I told and, you of the group, my yeah. my other group, yeah, which is pretty much down to me and two other guys. Yeah. So 
with, with with that in mind, you uh, um, even that like last night or yeah, last night we had a really great game session. Yes, we did, and uh, there's no combat involved. You no know, combat. It was a big party, and uh, just to uh, you you know you guys know about Pontifex. Pontifex Alich is now imitating Dan's character's uh, uncle as a living. So he hosted a party for all the NPCs of the New World campaign. It was, all like, the named it, NPCs. It was a, as they say, like a big uh, clip show. Yeah. Bringing all the NPCs we've had before. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, we want the pirate to show up. And I'm like, okay, I guess he shows up then. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, and yeah, it, I don't think Bill and Mike will, I think we can keep him in the same group because I think Mike adds a lot of you because honestly, he was the one who came up with that, uh, uh, shitty monster sales pitch. And dude, that's just brilliant. Exactly. So, uh, every, everyone adds to the table and having a full group, even if there are personalities who kind of grade on each other, that they add a lot to the group. And we've also been in some games where the game has had to end. Yeah. Like your uh, Mutants and Masterminds thing you ran. Yeah, with the Bear Swarm. And again, this is, I think, the key lesson for this is don't to take personally. We uh, try to uh, get uh, Mutants and Masterminds campaign based on the Venture Brothers. And uh, everyone was sort of being a wannabe villain trying to get into the Guild of the Calamus Intent. And the first session went okay, and we mm-hmm. recorded it. And the second session kind of ended about 45 minutes in, and it was sort of. Different. I, I think the major problem isn't even our personalities, is that they had different conceptions about what was acceptable and what was not acceptable. Mm-hmm. And um, I, you know, like made a very, they they were assigned a superhero who was very strong, very powerful. He was Dr. McNinja from the webcomic, if you've if you heard of that. And they were all like power level six and kind of not very competent. And um, they went straight after them and sort of ignored the advice of not going after him. But um, one thing led to another, and we, we sort of... I didn't take it personally. I, I hope they didn't take it personally. And I think no. every I, we resolved it, and um, you know we just decided that it wasn't go- worth going after. So that's sometimes, fine. Sometimes you have to do that. Yeah. So this is sort of a little primer on how to deal with uh, player-to-player conflicts. But I, I, I think in general, it's just basic social etiquette. And yeah. For the most part, the, gr- the group is almost r- is rarely just un- irreconcilable. Yeah. Rarely is it just un- unwinnable. Yeah. Um, you but, know, but be sure to recognize those moments. Yeah. And be take an active lead. You know, if you see this coming, even if you're another player, another player who takes a leadership role in like settling this conflict, cutting it off at the head can really save a game. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I try and do that. If I see that I'll, I'll try and resolve things. Of course I've noticed like whenever I play a game, I'm trying to help the GM. Like I'm trying to like, Oh, there, there's a platic. I'll go right for that. Or yeah, I'll like, it's like, Ooh, MacGuffin. Over yeah, here. exactly. So, uh, although that's the times when I'm not trying to do some retarded practical joke or something like well, that. That's that just goes. That's par for the course. Man. Yeah. So not doing that, you may as well just not get involved in this gaming stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I think also at the end of the day, it's remember it's a game. It's a game, and if you're not having fun, and uh, then you're not really you're missing the point of it. So mm-hmm. have fun. And especially if you're if if you're you know ready to kill someone at the table with you. Yeah. Then it's, you're doing then it wrong. You, you have steered off course into the woods. You are doing it wrong, and mm-hmm. you should not do it. Yeah. You should do it right. Yeah, uh, it, you could say it would be tearing you apart, and that's it's, just wrong. It's tearing me apart, Ross. It is. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll get into that a yes, little bit. We will. Uh, but first, uh, we will. Tom does not have a, sh- a letter. He has a review. Well, not even a real on full on review. Oh, the reason I don't have a letter is because well, I could tell you that it's well. I'm going to review this. No, it's I'm a been a lazy bastard and just 
didn't think Way the to right go, one. Tom. I know. You're I disappointing ruined... our listeners. I know. They they love it when I when I spew most horrible, vile. I'll just talk in my radio announcer voice more. How's that, Top? You're killing me, Ross. You're killing me. This is your punishment for not having the letter ready. I hope you like it. Fair enough. We'll be right back. Okay. First of all, I want to say that I the thing I am reviewing in my own stupid, non-professional way is the animated movie of the Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath. It's I have to say, you know, I would I don't know what I was expecting when I saw this. I was just kind of looking up a bunch of Lovecraft stuff and happened across this on a on a website that I forget which one. So it piqued my interest enough. Like, all right, I'm actually going to spend some money on this thing, and so I got it, and it's. Basically, it's a it's a lightly animated version of the comic, the five part comic book that was done on it, where uh, done with you know dialogue. Now, and what I thought would be the thing I didn't like the most, I can actually I for, I forgave immediately because the voice actors aren't really voice actors; they're people reading lines. Like the guy doing Randolph Carter, the main character, is the closest one to a voice actor I could see. Everyone else was kind of just reading the lines. And it, you know that became obvious. You know the just the people he's talking to. So then he starts talking to the ghouls, and the ghouls just sound like another guy. And you know all the all the weird things just sound like normal people. And the only you know the only the voice I didn't quite get was Hotep having a you know twenty twenty ish woman's voice. But then again, that's just that's I'm me, and I'm a horrible person, as Ross will agree with me right now. But the thing is, it really works for what it is, which is some people saying, "Hey, you know, for, it probably started. Hey, let's make a uh, let's make a let's make a movie, and hey, let's make an animated movie on this, and hey, let's do it a feature length animated movie." So uh, I imagine the budget probably was close to what the budget you had to work with on uh, Motorhome from Hell, which was uh, well, pretty close to zero. So it. And really, it's just the effort alone just amazed me what they actually did with it. Yes, yeah, so, you know, very. It's mostly it's cut, it's cut out to the comic book, you know, animated like going downstairs, and the soundtrack is kick ass. And you know, so the soundtrack mixed all together with everything. It was just something that I, I watched, and then I watched a second time right after just to make sure I got everything. And it is dead on to the actual. Uh, story of the Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath, which I also read, just so I'd be caught up on that. Yeah, and then of course now I'm doing this kind of half-assed review on it. But I would say I gr- I really did enjoy- I really did enjoy it. Money well spent, and I'm going to share it with friends now, so they they know. All right, Tom. That was just uh, that was amazing. No, I don't really think you. I don't really think you believe. I know. I. I, But dude, seriously, pick it up if you got a chance. All right. We'll we'll provide the link. 
Well, Ross will, because he does all the technical work, and he's the genius yes. behind everything. Yes, I am the genius. All glory to the Ross. Um, apparently, it's apparently when you're you're glorified, Ross, you start to sound like Blobbert Smith. Yes, oh yes. I was glorified once. It was delicious. <laughs> um, Thank you for that. Anyway, uh, first I would like to uh, go over... Before we go to our shout-outs and anecdotes, I would like to talk about... Um, my Cinnabar character. Oh, I wish you would, Ross. Please. Yes. Um, I would like to first mention uh, Tetsuo is a... I used character creation method 2, um, which is a method... Let's see here. Uh, that lets me pick my own race and my own uh, class, unbelievably enough. Which well, in- goddamn, Ross. Yes. Damn. So uh, let's just find here. Where is Where Man? Here is Where Man. Um, Where Man and Where Women. So, anyways, he's a Where Man ninja. I rolled a 15 for con, a 15 for strength, but that became a 45 when I became a ninja because they get 1d4 times 10 plus bonus strength. I rolled a 3, so I got 30. Points. So, yeah, ninjas can lift trucks. I'm yeah, exactly. They can. Uh, I have a 19 agility, a 17 dex, 11 intelligence, and 12 wisdom, and uh, uh, like a 22. Ego or something. I forgot to do that part. But anyways, but you're uh, not you're not a very good character maker, are you? There? No, I'm not. But it, it doesn't matter. So Weremen, they were created as protectors, servants, and warriors for their makers, the alchemists. Um, so what can they do? Blah blah blah. They have an absorption field. They can absorb attacks, and they let's see. They get advanced mathematics, ambush, concealment, uh, interrogation, impersonation. And let's see here. They have shadow form and selective amnesia. Oh, I only get one of those, though. Uh, oh, I get those at higher levels. So that's that's his basic abilities. But what's really cool is I read about the ninjas. And the ninja description is just, like, ridiculously awesome. Um, let's see here. The They train for 22 years in the temple within the city of Terra. During this time, they leave the temple only at night to practice using stealth. This is done only with the aid of a teacher and only on command. And uh, here's the ninja saying. Do you want to hear the ninja saying, Tom? Go ahead. Ours is the tradition of service to those in need, strength to those in distress, and protection for the meek. We use the art of ninjutsu and the gift of ki to aid us in our fight. We are the silent blades of the wheel and march with the forces of the universe. Life and death, we are the ninja, invisible warriors of the night. Weren't they assassins originally? No, what's the second? And then they learn two skills. One is the nerve pinch, and uh, then they learn the second skill. Ninjas learn is telepathy. They learn this by interacting with other ninjas. You learn telepathy by interacting with ninjas, Tom. My body's eating my testicles right now. I want Aww. you to know this. Well, let's see here. They have all kinds of skills. They have xenobiology. Uh, well, of course they would have that. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, they have telepathy, and then I rolled flying foot as my attack power. So, uh, that's my second character. And then there's a bunch of derived stats like beam attack dodge and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no one cares. Yeah, exactly. So my flying foot does 1d10 times 100 damage, and that's times 15 because of my, uh, 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 strength modifier. So I could do up to 15,000 damage. So you can shatter a skyscraper with your foot. I don't know, yeah, probably. Uh, of course, the average monster in there is like tens of thousands of hit points, so it'll probably take more than one flying. Isn't it eventually when the numbers get too high, they start to lose their meaning? I guess. Um, yeah, metamorph. Let's see, just looking at random monsters. A ma- an armored mantis has six to 12,000 hit points. Fuck, what the hell? 
And then they have two tenths, which means all damage is reduced to them by 100. So they actually have uh, 60,000 to... Uh, or Yeah, 600,000 to 1.2 million hit points, if you really think about it. So, yeah. It's Cinnabar, Tom. Yeah, which is starting to make riffs seem like a literary work of genius in comparison. Like a Russian 19th century Russian novel? Yeah. By Tolstoy? War and Peace. Yes. I read War and Peace. That, that book looks like it could give War and Peace a run for its money on sheer length. Probably. Um, but I think the thing to take away from this, Tom, is that ninjas learn, you can learn telepathy by interacting with a ninja. Only if you are a ninja yourself? Um, it doesn't say so. I would assume that non-ninjas could learn it. I don't see why it would only... Well, why would you, then why would you not hang out with ninjas? Exactly. I want to learn telepathy. And you like ninjas. Yeah. What's a, it's a winning combination. So, the more you know, Tom. The more I know. So next time I'll make a, uh, I'll use, I'll, next episode I'll make you a cooler character. Oh, would you? Yes. Thank I'll you. use one of the variant races. Oh, thank you, Rob. <laughs> thank you so much. Yes, because that was a standard word. Yes, yeah, I, I know. All right. Um, so I guess we're on to shout outs. Yes, we shout are. outs. Say it with me, Ross. Shout outs. So uh, first off, this is a mutual one. Uh, yes. This is the uh, wait, th- wait, wait. We have to let's introduce this properly. Uh, oh, hi, Ross. Oh, hi, Tom. Hi, I'm Johnny. Anyway, um, <laughs> this is there anything for my princess? You're tearing me apart. <laughs> Everyone betrays me. Um, yeah, last weekend uh, we uh, we I, I showed Tom and Patrick and Cree and a few other people the, the most awesome movie ever. It's The Room. It's a cult classic movie uh, created in 2003 by a visionary director, Tommy Wiseau. And Who switches accents five. Six he's got nine. like six or seven accents. It's like totally unique among the world, but. The room cannot. Re- I can't really describe it. But one anyways, can, they re- one cannot be told what the room is. Yeah, you have to see it for yourself. Yeah. But uh, the, they've done a riff tracks for it at the riff tracks, and uh, the, it's a winning combination. I have to say, it, you you must see the room and riff tracks with, together it, it, as it, one. It is a transcendent experience that will change your life forever. At the very least, give you something to quote for day- months later. Yes, I, there's a, you can find scenes of the room on uh, YouTube, and uh, like there's one for example, the flower shop. The flower shop. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, Tommy Wiseau, the main character, whose name is Johnny, or his character's name is Johnny, uh, goes into a flower shop. It's like, oh hi, I ordered a dozen red roses. Oh hi, Johnny. I didn't know it was you. Uh, here you go. How much is it? Eighteen, eighteen fifty. No, it's $18. $18. $18. Oh, here you go. Keep the chance. Oh, hi, doggy. You're my favorite customer. There's, like, in the space of 20 seconds, that's the dialogue. And that, there's no reason for the plot. There's no reason for it to be in there anywhere. But it is in there. Because we had to know that Johnny was that flower shop's uh, owner. Favorite customer. Yes. And, and he said dog. hi to a doggy. He says, oh, hi to everyone. It's like, oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Danny. Oh, hi, Lisa. Mm-hmm. And just, it, 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 I, I cannot talk enough about this movie. It, you have to see it. And you have to play football in tuxedos. Yes, and play catch from three feet away. And uh, if you ever have a problem with drugs, um, you, you don't want to be messing with some guy named Chris R. He's a bad man. With a gun. He, he has a gun. And, uh, and uh, oh, and there's also have creepy sex on the stairs. There's three sex scenes in the first twenty minutes. It's, it seems like it, yeah. There's a, there, it's just wow. I mean, it's just wow, wow, wow. It was one of those we I after it was over, 
there was silence for about 30 seconds. Yeah, it was As like, we were just trying to process what we had just seen. It, it is the key and the gate to the new world of something. Yeah, I, it's also, it also yeah. transcends... It's so beautiful, it should have sent a poet. It also transcends what I think, you know, crap movie. Oh yeah, no, it's a cult movie. It's a cult mm-hmm. movie. There are pictures of frame spoons in the room. Oh, and uh, I think Patrick would not never forgive me if I didn't mention this. He raised six million dollars to make this movie too. Tommy was so did not Patrick. So yes, yes. and uh, and we kept saying over and over when he was here, six million dollars. I thought it was apparently film. It was shot with both film and HD video simultaneously. They couldn't pick a format, so they shot them both. I, you can actually see the see when they use which one. I guess, yeah. Oh, and uh, it's it's in San Francisco. Just in case that's not clear. Yeah, um, there's like what 15 minutes of establishing shots. It seems like that. Uh, so yeah, that that see it. Just just watch it. Yes, you do yourself. Even just, without riff tracks, it's it's so bizarre. It's entertaining on its own right. But anyway, uh, we should move on. Enough of that. Yes. Uh, I want to give a little update on the M51 engineer bags. We got a few hundred hits from RPG.net because uh, somebody linked to us in a thread about, favorite, what backpack do you use? And somebody went, oh, the M51 engineer bag. And it our is, review was so awesome. It was. It was the greatest review of anything ever. In exactly. The, well, much better than your review of the uh, Dream Quest of Unknown Kata. Okay. Oh, dude, that one, that one was just me bullshitting. So, it, was, it was truthful um, bullshitting, though. Anyways, I just want to give a little field report. I've been using it for a couple uh, month or two now, and uh, a few months now, and it's a great gaming bag. Uh, what what you should do is get a couple of tubes of dice, and then there's a there's a back uh, storage area, and there's these little tube slots that you can put the tubes of dice in. Perfect fit. And then there are these little pouches that you can put miniatures in, and then you. Did put I mention it books. has compartments? It has compartments, Tom, and. You can put a decent sized stack of books, though. Um, I touched the bag. Yeah, it's a great bag. It's. Right can I touch over. it again? Yes. Here. Touch oh it. God! Look at this, Tom. See. Okay. Look. Show me. Show me. See, Ross. here's the back. Holy box. damn it, Christmas! Look, look at that. See. Oh my God. See, I, uh, the, some of the miniatures kind of fell out because I was moving it around, but you know, you get the idea. Oh see, my God! See, look, there's a little God. tube of dice. You know, I got two there's tubes. tubes of dice. You know, and then there's a pot rear thing. For there are so many compartments. And, uh, yeah, it works well. And then you have the front part for the uh, books. Now, the thing is, though, like, for Gen Con, I'm not going to use this all the time. Exclusively. Why not? Well, What see, else do you possibly need? Well, you see, the thing is, um, I'm going to use this for my con games. Like, I'll, I'll load it up to bear for all the games I'm going to be running there. And then for the exhibition hall, though, I'm going to get an empty bag, empty backpack, and just carry that so i can buy a bunch of stuff and carry it in there because i mean it is a shoulder bag and you know if you're buying a whole lot of crap at gen con you don't want to be you know you, this bag does have a limited amount of space well see i won't have that problem yeah. i can just go straight up to the room and deposit my stuff and then go buy more That's <laughs> so um but anyways so it, it's a great game for con but it uh, i wouldn't use it as a large storage capacity device uh you yeah. Though I will say, you will get laid if you have this bu- bag, man. That's a little much, but... Um, you yeah. will get Poontang. <laughs> yes, you will. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, we've already mentioned the Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath, and that's, sort of, of course, one of our shout-outs, or your yeah. shout-out. I have another one to the uh, a Very Scary Solstice, the Christmas album from the 
H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society. Yes. Uh, I want to mention Field Notes. Field Notes is a, it's a brand of notebooks. And a little like moleskins, but they're smaller. You can get three for ten bucks. And they look cool, and they are cool. And that's pretty much all, mm. all, all you oh. need. So I'm using a Field Note brand pen. It looks very cool. They use Futura for the font. And it looks, it's, sans, it's a sans serif font, Tom. Do you know what a sans serif is? Yes, Ross, I know. Are you, are, are, are yes, you, I know. Are you sure? Okay. Uh, that, that that pen is not nearly as cool as the bag. No, nothing is. But if you can you can put it in there. You, well, what can't you put in that See, bag? Look, what can't you put in that bag? Uh, you, you my soul. I don't know. It's Your soul t- is in that bag. Man. Oh wow, uh, this is getting heavy. Um, I want to mention uh, prototype. Uh, oh yes. the vid- video game. Uh, this is a ultra violent PS3, Xbox 360, PC game where you're playing a viral monster who runs around Manhattan tearing shit up, and it's like uses sandbox kind of like Hulk Ulti- uh, Ultimate Destruction done by Radical Entertainment. Similar plot line, or not similar plot line, similar game mechanics. But uh, holy shit, this is a violent and awesome game. You can jump kick helicopters to destroy them. And you murder hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in your quest to find out what the hell is going on with you. And you're not even really, you're not, you can't even remotely be considered a good guy because you kill so many civilians. You eat people, don't you? You eat people to regain health and to consume their memories. So uh, it's not just evil soldiers who are trying to kill you. It's, it's just innocent civilians that get in your way. And uh, there's a lot of collateral damage in this game. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty fun. But uh, oh, and it's uh, the head designer. One of the head designers for it is Dennis Detwiller, one of the co-authors of Delta Green. Ah, yeah. And uh, uh, the other authors of Delta Green, like uh, Scott Glancy, who ran Del- uh, Dig to Victory, uh, they're featured in as NPCs in the game. So you can actually eat Scott Glancy and consume his memories. Who hasn't wanted to do that? Exactly. So uh, I remember the first game I ever played with him, like. This guy, this game is great, but I would love to eat his memories. <laughs> uh, who hasn't wanted to become a viral super weapon that kills exactly. thousands and thousands of exactly. people? And that's uh, what's under my Christmas stocking—a viral super weapon. Exactly. Okay, uh, I think you mentioned Nostalgia Critic. Yes, I, yeah, the Nostalgia Critic, who just a just a guy that you know does, he reviews stuff a lot better than I do. Mm-hmm. I'd like to make that perfectly clear. I first I first saw him when he was on YouTube and he was reviewing the trailer for Cloverfield. Mm-hmm. Thought it was funny as hell, so I thought I'd check him out. And he reviews a lot of older movies, not like like eighties, eighties and on. Yeah, and uh, they're really really funny to watch, listen to. Yeah, like the Twister especially was really good. Yeah. I encourage you to check that one out. Okay, I'll check that out. I don't think you are. Um. Yeah. I don't. I. You I, just don't care, do you? I don't care about anything, man. I'm hardcore. Whoa. Yeah, so uh, I got two more. Uh, one is uh, a review, another review. We're just reviewing all kinds of things. A review of a review. This is a review for Transformers Two: Revenge of the Fallen. This is uh, on io9.com, a new sci-fi kind of yeah. channel or Come website. On, who's who's actually seen that movie? Yeah, um, I saw Transformers Two. So 
solely because of this review. And this review makes a very persuasive case that uh, Michael Bay made an art movie about <laughs> the illusionary nature of plot. <laughs> and it's such a brilliant review with such great phrases as uh, Megan's fox nipples point like Irish setters, little Irish setters. <laughs> and uh, for her, banality is an aphrodisiac. And I mean, it's, it's such a great review. I can't recommend it enough. Even if you never see Transformers 2, it's, it's a great critique on the nature of the blockbuster because the blockbuster makes a case that summer blockbuster movies all of them are about two things really the uh, male anxiety and the it male anxiety because you know the characters and every man kind of little loser but he becomes a badass hero by the end of it and how special and unique he is Mm -hmm. and the it you know we got to see shit blow up and you know hot chicks and small and you know tight clothing basically uh, bending over to On fix special her. effects shots. Yeah, well, that's more of the explosions. But yeah, so um, it's a great review. And it's just, I can't think of, I think her, uh, the reviewer's name is like Charlie something, and it's a woman actually, but she's an editor at io9, and it's like the most brilliant thing in the history of the universe. So, really, I'm not kidding. More so than Cinnabar? Oh, man. Don't make me choose, Tom. <laughs> Don't make me choose, Tom. It's tearing me apart! <laughs> Success. Success. I did not hit her. Um, <laughs> finally, I would like to mention uh, Twitch of the Deaf Nerve. This is by a sort of underground uh, uh, electronic industrial musician called Monkey Farm Frankenstein. And it's a 26-minute montage of hun- dozens of different uh, exploitation B-horror movies compiled to make these uh, sort of uh, linked music videos um with using footage and samples from them and like for example one of the songs is called fly beats and they mix hip hop you know lyric samples of hip hop artists going i'm so fly with footage of the 50s the, fly movie no the 80s fly movie wow, really? jeff goldblum like i'm so fly <laughs> and it's just like it's like what now motherfucker uh, uh juxtaposed with uh, footage of the apocalypse and Mad Max and Italian horror knockoffs of mm-hmm. Mad Max, and it's just so fucking brilliant and so fucking crazy. It's like a a, a triumph of editing, deconstruction, and like shit blows up and hip hop, and so it's cool. Now the thing is, the sad thing is, there's only one streaming video that I've ever found. It's on his website, which is what I'll link to. But it's a small little window, and it kind of sucks. If you want the full impact, you have to go on some torrent sites and uh, uh, download. And most of the torrents have very few seeds. So look for it. Uh, uh, Twitch of the Deaf Nerve. Um, D-E-F. But mm-hmm. it's it's just... Oh, it's so great. It's great. Uh, anyways. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that's all for the shoutouts. So, okay, lots of shout-outs today. We're just full of shout-outs. So, We're shouting. Uh, shouting out to the public. So, um, finally, we have anecdotes. So, um, um, you can go first, Tom. Since okay. I, yeah. Could I? Yes, you could. Okay. This is a Star Wars game. I remember back at, you know, D20 Star Wars before Saga Edition. So, I think I might have mentioned this game before, but not this particular scene. I don't know why I thought of it, but it's one of those instances of, I think it's one fourth uh, overestimating my players and three-fourths of me over-planning. There was a situation, I I even forget the situation, but what they had to do was to break into a ship that was docked in a starport. I forget the reason why they had to do it, I just remember they had to do it. And so then I start describing the starport and the security, and I must have been in rare form that day. 
because I started covering you know all this you know the the you know, the, the hovering security you know, camera bots that are hovering hovering around the guards that you know are patrolling that they have no overlap so there's this always a constant guard patrol there's you know signs saying warning you know you know this whole area under you know under firearm surveillance so anyone even brandishing a weapon sets off an alarm and then I describe the ship it's you know there's only one gangplank into it you know, that goes up to the main entrance that is you know that has you know that has a uh, security droid on on guard that uh like the you know the ship itself has no it has no other you know open ports there's a fuel line that is you know it's p- being fueled at the times so there's no way in there i i describe it so much that i don't realize i've essentially eliminated every idea they had of getting into the ship and so i was surprised when i finally i, I don't know how much time passed but i finished the script like okay so what do you do I get a sea of dumbfounded faces. And they're like, uh... Can we bribe a guard? <laughs> like, uh, well, which one? Like, it's, it's like apparently they were trying to think of a plan during the whole spiel I was giving. And by the time I was done, their brains had exploded. Well, and this was a group that wasn't really known for its bright ideas. So... They finally, I guess they just, they couldn't think of a way on board, and only afterwards did I realize. I don't think I could have either. I could have. You probably could have. And I because I'm great. But well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but it's it's one of the, it's just one of those where I didn't even realize like maybe I did block every potential route. There's always a way in, Tom. There's always security is always there's always a flaw in the system, unless it's casino security. Tom, especially casino security. I don't think Haven't so. you ever watched Ocean's Eleven? Yes, I have. Yeah, see, there you go. You just yeah, need... no, you would have thought of, thought away. I, I eventually, I eventually did. I mean, like, what kind of time constraints were they dealing with? Uh, the ship was going to leave in like three hours. Oh, that well, that would have been pretty hard then, because then you, I, I see, I would, what I would have done is first hack into the systems, the surveillance mm-hmm. network, which I assume, yeah, was that's possible. actually a. That's one thing they never thought of. Uh, they never okay. thought of, you know, yes, there's a central computer to this thing. I even mentioned, you know, and yeah. you, you can see the, you know, the docking control area up above. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, I, yeah. Totally forgot about that. Yeah, they did not ever think about. See, that. that's that's you always. But then do. again, everyone made Jedi's and uh, so they're just like, "Fuck it, we're gonna kill them." Yeah. Um, and I said the thing is, they say you said you have to be subtle about this. You know, the, the client requires. That you that you get in, you know, as I, as I, like plant. It was, it was, I, I remember it was plant a listening device in the cockpit, the crew quarters, and the mess hall of the ship, mm-hmm. and then get out. Well, was anyone scheduled to go on board the ship, like maintenance or like? They never checked that. Oh, see, see, it would have been easy. Then I also, well, I I admit I you know, this was also back in my yeah. just in post just post high school days. Yeah. So you were a horrible game master. So were you, dude. <laughs> so everyone was. Can we? Just, everyone was. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But it's 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 the one time that I actually killed a game at that point. Yeah. When Way just, to go there. I know. I totally killed. Dick. It. I totally was a dick. Can't believe you ruined that game that I was never a part of. I didn't even hear about. I didn't even hear about it. And you totally killed it. Because oh, I would never have invited you anyway. God, you you would have won it in the first session. Wasn't I? Yeah, was I? And I was probably in Rollo at that point. Probably. Yeah. So anyway, um, well, that that was a hell of an anecdote, Tom. 
I don't think that's a so. Yeah, I think the that's uh, actually you know good lesson. Don't overplan shit. So yeah, like a new world game. I don't plan for shit. I just have a couple ideas. Like uh, and some monster stats. I'm like, all right. Well, uh, I know we've and we've said don't underestimate your players' creativity. Yeah, I guess we can also learn a lesson. Don't overestimate it either. <laughs> that's true. Every time, like, uh, that's actually true. New world game, you know, like, all right, there's a big army attacking you. What is your strategy dealing with them? Uh, you can't uh, just kill them all. Uh, there's more of them than you. You can't fight them in a straight one-on-one battle. You have to use tactics and strategy. Here's a book on the war tactics and war strategy. It's like, here's first Sun- 19 pages. And, that- here, and here's Sun Tzu's Art of War. Yeah. Right? Yeah, actually, remember, I had the How to Make mm-hmm. War, and, like, here's the what you part you want to make, you know, keep the initiative, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Can I make an insight check? (laughs) Exactly. Um, Here's a puzzle. You have to go down this hallway. Both your. When our group here is puzzles, like, oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. You you guys aren't so good at that. It's which is why you avoid it. I still throw them in there every once in a while. Yeah, we seem to solve them though. Yeah, because I have to give you enough hints and like, ah. Uh, oh, look, yeah. Ross is the biggest badass game master in the world here. Yeah. Intellectual. I know. I'm a horrible person. Yes, uh, you are. Anyways, I got some anecdotes. Well, bring it on, bitch. All right. Uh, first is just a minor one in the New World game. A uh, few sessions uh, ago, players were, uh, I sent some bad guys to fight you guys. Some Azers, some little evil dwarf dudes, fire dwarves. And uh, I sort of underestimated how, or I overestimated how badass they were. Because you guys whooped their asses. And what was fat is like, uh, in the first round, I was like, oh, Dan or something, I do blah, blah, blah damage to all of them. I'm like, here's my badass move that will totally do a shitload of damage to all. And I'm just like, I just pause, turn away from the group, and just make a sad face with my lower lip sticking out like this. And, and everyone <laughs> like, just said, everyone was there was like, oh, we're kicking your ass. Oh, I just thought it was funny because of how you guys just love relished so much and just finally uh, totally whooping ass for once. I mean, uh, yeah, because you tend to make you challenges. I know we can't I, just walk through everything. I know with you know with our swords put it on our massive erections and just kill everyone. Uh, the other anecdote is from a uh, game Bill was running um, mm-hmm. where I am Mort the Rogue a uh, mafioso kind of uh, rogue and uh, basically um, we're fighting some more evil dwarves the Dwagers from Monster Manual 2 and they have these little... The thing about them is they're really fucking irritating to fight when you're level 9 because they have all these status conditions that they can give you. They can slow you, they can mark in you, they can weaken you, they can give you ongoing damage. I mean, they can, you know... And so, basically, at one point, I had, like, a ridiculous amount of status effects. I had, like, all of those. Like, ongoing damage, slowed, marked, weakened, blah, blah, blah. Stupid. Yeah. And so, like, at the beginning of the round, I'm like, oh, I take 25 damage. I'm slowed. I'm weakened. I'm marked. And I just go on. It's like, I've... My library books are overdue. <laughs> I have jury duty. My car's in the shop. I gotta make a child support payment. My rent's late. <laughs> I got this rash. <laughs> My dog's missing. <laughs> and I just go on and on and on for like a minute or two. And by the end of it, they had to take a break from the game. Not because I broke it. I screwed everyone up. It's because they were laughing so much that everyone, all right, we, we gotta recover. We gotta take a break mm-hmm. here. And um, so I felt pretty good about that. Well done, Ross. Poor Mort. 
poor um, poor Ross. I know. Four out of six of us dropped at least once in that fight. That was pretty ridiculous. So Ross is a victim. I am my poor little rogue. So uh, it's a little short anecdote, but I hope that brightens your little day, Tom. Booby booby boo. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think that about wraps us up here for episode uh, thirty-four. Yeah. Um, break it up. So we got break uh, it up. Yeah, so uh, we'll have some more actual play, and we'll have all kinds. And the ransom, be sure to contribute to the ransom, the Goblin Hulk, and you can get all kinds of neat stuff. Hey, you know from the New World Primer, when you have a ransom, it's a good one. It is. We're we're classy here. Yes, we are. So uh, stay classy, and uh, you stay classy, listeners. (laughs) Oh hi, listeners. Oh hi, listeners. And that end, we will end. And we shall see you again with our pre-Gen Con show. Not me.